return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Let's stand up just for a minute with our Bibles. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Never, never, never. I won't be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah, 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 mix it up. <laughs> kind of like multitasking as I'm saying it. I'm looking at people and so forth. And, and uh, <laughs> you always hope it comes out okay. So <laughs> uh, let me just, uh, uh, before I get on to all the other stuff too, but let me just say this first of all. And you can write this down. Uh, the COVID vaccine is not the mark of the beast. I, I'm, I'm always surprised... Um, Christians, Christians are probably the most gullible people on the planet. And Christians will listen to all kinds of things, even when this first started, all kinds of YouTubes, all kinds of things on social media. And you've got Christians, folks, just like, oh, what are they going to do? And the Christians are acting this way. And this tells me something as a pastor, that as a pastor, people have to get more grounded in the Word of God. All right? Because we will see events in the world much Worse than this, okay? There, we have a world that is cre- increasingly becoming uh, uh, flying apart, all right? And, and so uh, Christians have to be mature in their faith. And you can take something on social media and you can make it sound like anything, all right? And, and make it seem like that's really true. Balance everything back with the Word of God. If it causes fear, I'll guarantee you, if it's causing fear, it's not true, all right? Uh, God is a God of peace. He's not there to get you all worried and fearful and everything like that, right? So he, he, he doesn't do that. Now, let me say this, though, on the other hand, that world government control of people has been at work since the fall of man. Okay? So governments have been at work trying to control people since the fall of man, doing anything they can as a government. But worldwide, this really began after World War I, when governments began to try to control people. But all people across the planet, almost in every country, have been assigned a number. All right? This is all part of the world system. In the United States, when you're born, you get a number. Every person gets a number attached to their name. In other countries that we've been in, people have numbers. They have an identity system, all right? So the world is linked by numbers. 
So when people actually say, now, it's the last days, again, be mature as a Christian. Yes, of course they are. It is, you know. This began at the day of Pentecost. This shouldn't be like a new thing to you that somehow, oh, it's the last days. You should be common sense now to understand these are the last days. We don't know how long we have, but these are the last days. And so then when it comes in, people come in all these theories and so forth, that somehow if you take the vaccine, oh, you're going to have things in particles, and all of a sudden you're going to be controlled and so forth. And it's like, it's the most absurd thing. And again, Christians just jump on the bandwagon on this and pass it on. Pastors have. People all over the planet have. It's like, come on now. Let's, let's use biblical sense to understand some things. I want to go first. Let's just go Rome, uh, Revelation 14 a second. There is a mark of the beast coming. But the mark of the beast really comes down to worship. Understand that. Everybody already has numbers. A number or numbers, plural, attached to you. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so that's not the issue here. The issue comes down to worship. And when people worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in their forehead and his hand, the same shall drink the wine and the wrath of God. Involves worship. You're not going to accidentally get the mark of the beast. Okay? It's not going to be like an accident, like, oh, we're just going to eject these people, and now we just got them all. No, no, no. That comes down to worship. Of your own free will, you're going to choose to worship the devil. Really, that's who's behind it. You're going to worship something that is totally anti-Christ, anti-Christian. So it's, it's, it's impossible for a Christian to accidentally get the mark. Can we be clear on that? That is impossible. We must use our spiritual thinking here. We of all things in these last days should be reaching people. Shouldn't be throwing out the YouTubes and all the other stuff scaring people. I tell people, if you actually believe that, get out there with a handful of tracks and reach your neighbors. Amen. Instead of all this other hullabaloo. Boy, folks, I, I think a lot of people ought to turn off their phones. Turn off their computers and open their Bibles. Again, as a pastor, it just tells me, wow, we've got work to do here. Because I see people all over. You know, kind of like concerned, what do you think about this? Are you going to do this? And I don't live in fear. I'm not, I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. Any medicine, we've learned this back eons ago when our daughter was sick. And she had harsh treatments and stuff. But any medicine that we ever take, we pray a blessing on that medicine. That the good effects would be blessed, the bad effects would be diminished in the name of Jesus. That's how you want to take anything. Sometimes people think, well, well, but you can't, if you couldn't travel, then without a vaccine. Folks, you can't go to West Africa without a vaccine. To get into West Africa, we had to have a yellow fever stamp, vaccinate, show it to customs to get in. Or they wouldn't let you in. You can't get in there without a proof of a vaccine. People sometimes act like this is all new. This is not new at all. This is old news, folks. These things happen all over the world. So we have to be clear as Christians. Think biblical. Think right. Because you can take things out of any kind of context. 
Oh my goodness, I saw one the other day. The ship's uh, stuck in the Suez Canal and it's like, it's Passover and God is bringing judgment. It's like, are you kidding me? You're talking about a stinking ship stuck in the Suez Canal and you're drawing big biblical ramifications and they're reading scripture. And I'm thinking, this lady has no idea what she's talking about. And you know what's sad is Christians send it and they're, what is it? Oh, is true. Folks, folks, what are we doing here? What do we look like to the world if we follow every little scam and every little thing? This is a sign. That's a sign. This is the God is saying something. I'll tell you, God is saying something in his word. And that has always reached the world. We got so many people talking about a virus and a vaccine and so forth, and they're not talking about Jesus. Wow. Come on, think about it now. Think about it. We, we connect with a lot of ministries and uh, a lot of ministers that you would think these are really mature people. And now I understand that they've got a lot of growing to do. They're actually misleading people. I'm just being truthful, Okay. I'm just being truthful about all this. Let me back up a second too. When this all began and all the prophetic words and so forth coming out. (laughs) Folks, there wasn't one prophetic word that was right. Of all the prophets. And Christians just get suckered into, these are prophets. They speak the word of the Lord. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe. I don't care what the person's reputation is. I'm going to have my Bible. I'm going to take notes. And I'm going to go to this book. And line it up there. Can you say amen? Amen. If you're watching to me, say amen. (laughs) Amen. All the quote unquote prophets, every big week that you could think of when it was December uh, December 2019, prophesied 2020, the great year, not one of them foresaw it. And when the COVID virus started and all the prophetic words when it was going to end and this and this and this was going to happen, not one of them was right. I'm smart enough to do this. Someone says something, oh, okay, well, we'll see. It's going to end by such and such a date. It's going to end in the summer. The heat's going to kill it. This is going to happen. I take note of that. I don't go and repeat it because... Quite frankly, most of the time, it's probably wrong, so I'm not going to repeat it. I'm just going to see if it's true. Doesn't make that person a bad person. Doesn't make them a non-Christian. But it does mean their prophetic word in that case was wrong. We as Christians have to understand that. Don't swallow everything that comes your way. Might sound good. Person's a notable person, thus saith the Lord. Folks, we've met face to face many, many national leaders. But I'll still sit down with my notepad, whatever they tell me, and take notes. Now it's quiet in here. I hope at home you're doing okay. We just want to welcome you to the tabernacle today. As a pastor, I want to be honest with you. I want to be honest with people here. 
I want to be honest. As a pastor, you're an overseer of sheep so that sheep are not harmed or damaged or manipulated. As a pastor, you don't want to see people manipulated. You want to see people follow Jesus. You want to see people live in peace, walk in the Spirit. Amen? Yeah, you really want to see that, you know, because these are, these are just important times that we live in. And these things can, in some way, if, if it shakes you, it's, it should test your faith enough to see, well, where was I at here? Wow, I've got to get stronger. I want to get in the Word. I want to be in worship and praise. I want to be in prayer. I want to get, build my faith muscles. I want to get stronger in this life. So when things that are much tougher come along, we're not deterred, but we can use the time to reach others. Amen. Amen. In World War I, at the end of World War I, they established right down League of Nations. <clears throat> Woodrow Wilson and the world leaders at that time set up a whole thing to, to join an agreement. They called it a League of Nations. The purpose was to prevent another war and to bring peace, harmony to those nations. Of course, that didn't happen. There was an uprising again. So following World War II, the United Nations was established. And the United Nations was put in New York. Incidentally, quick trivia question. In case you didn't know it, we live in South Dakota. But one of the places where the United Nations was originally proposed to be was in the Black Hills. Black Hills of South Dakota. And up by, it's up kind of near by Reptile Gardens, but there's like a big basin up there. You can look it up. But that was one of the places a thought originally, like, should we put it out there? Of course, then they thought all the world leaders getting here would be difficult, so they put it in a big city, and they put it in New York. I've been to the United Nations. I've been to the uh, interior part, the, where, they, where the assembly meets and so forth. But the United Nations was formed with our American presidents, of course, uh, Woodrow Wilson or, uh, excuse me, Franklin Roosevelt and Dwight Eisenhower. After the Cold War, as the Cold War accelerated, decelerated, we had President Bush, and this was the first time in the 1980s, 1988, President Bush and Gorbachev proposed nationally. Now, they said, there's going to be a new world order. This is a Republican president. That's why I tell people all the time, do not ride the political horse. Amen. Every Republican president, incidentally, except for Trump, but everyone has endorsed this, the new world order. So that was established in 1988. And so from that time again, what happened? We're in the last days, so things are being, becoming more and more organized, all right? Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, George Bush, second George Bush, all tied the, benef the benefits of the new world order and how great it would be if we could all work together, amen? European Union was established. All the European economies linked together. And so forth, so that there would be harmony, that there would be peace. Everybody could, again, work together. So world government, world peace, world economy were all the goals of those things. Now, spiritually, even the Pope has gotten involved. So now the Pope was just in Iraq. But prior to this, also, he was in Israel. And the Pope has made it very clear to the Jews, to the Muslims, that we all serve the same God. And so the Pope has gone into the synagogue 
to say we serve the same God. The uh, Pope got permission to go into the mosque to say we serve the same God. And he's joined with the rabbis and the imams and so forth to pray together. And what is that? That is world religion, right? So in other words, you're tying it all together, that these are all together. They're praying together. We're working together. So anybody who doesn't work, quote-unquote, together looks different, right? All of a sudden, you, you look different. You're the person that looks kind of odd. Like, well, you're not going to be a part of all this? And we face that even in our city. Our city, the Ministerial Association, began as a Christian Ministerial Association. So if I say something in the paper about the Ministerial Association, I always say we're part of the Christian Ministerial Association. But years ago, they began having the Muslims come, and then they began having the Mormons come, and they had everybody else. They could all come. We're all together. We all serve the same God. And I thought, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going now. I'm not going. We don't serve the same God. We don't follow the same things, the same principles. But that is the ministerial association in this town. So if you don't agree, then you look different. See, and we're, pers- we're going on this route to the last days. So what, what should this make you do? You should be thinking about reaching more people for Jesus, right? Doing things you can for Jesus Christ to, to bring his life to other people. Is this going to happen? Well, if you read the book of Revelation, or from Genesis, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The book of Revelation is already written. These things will happen. But right now, we're in this time of grace where we can do things. Hallelujah. We have freedoms in this country, especially. Use Those of you watching from other countries, I know it's different for you. But in our country, we have a lot of freedoms to go out and to share good news. So Christians now, Christians can get excited thinking that Jesus, let's look at Luke 2.14, that Jesus came to bring peace on earth, peace to earth. You know, Jesus came to bring peace to earth. Well, that's not actually true. It says he came to be uh, uh, glory to God, peace on, on earth, peace. Because why? Because Jesus was born. Jesus came to earth, so then peace came to the earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. Isaiah 9 says that he's the prince of peace, right? He's the prince of peace. So so he's available to people, but it didn't mean that he's going to change all this world now and make all this world follow him and serve him and the governments and so forth. No, that's not true. So he's the prince of peace, amongst many other wonderful covenant names, that Jesus Christ is the prince of peace. But then Jesus said in John 18, and this, so if you read your Bible, it's so, so good. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, the disciples, people got excited about Jesus politically because they thought he was going to establish the kingdom then. Isn't that right? And when they started talking about that, he just, he's like, okay, we're going this way now. He has left the situation. Left them kind of hanging. And then he says this, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. We should understand this. We think think we're going to, so to speak, establish a righteous kingdom here. No, that's in you and I. That is in you and I. The kingdom of God lives in us. 
And so we bring that life to other people individually. You know, people made efforts, uh, Alexander Dowry and so forth, Zion, Illinois. They're going to have a Christian city and they're going to, everything's Christian. Well, it didn't work because we are in a fallen world. Our part is to bring Jesus to people. Bring it to people. If, if, we, if we touch a person's life, if they really get touched, then their heart is changed. Okay, then they're going to act different, live different. Of course, vote different. But that's our, that's our part as a Christian is bring Jesus to people. Make him, you know, he's here. Here, you know, when Jesus, when the angel said, peace on earth, he's available. All right? But Jesus didn't come to bring world peace. He, became, he came to bring redemption to mankind. He bring redemption to people. Amen? The light invaded the darkness. Ephesians chapter 2 says that people in the world, that in the time past, we were without Christ, alienated, separated from Israel, strangers of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And that's how the world is. The world is looking for hope in a lot of places. And the world will criticize true Christians, but really that's where the hope comes from. There should be hope in your home. There should be hope that you're planting, if you have children, in your children's hearts. There should be hope that you're living with as you live on a daily basis because of Jesus Christ. Because him in you should give you hope. See, a lot of Christians, they're, just, they're fighting tooth and nail for this life. But none of us are going to stay in this life. We're leaving this life ultimately to go to be with the Savior. We, we work desperately to buy things that will never satisfy us. Will never satisfy you. Some, a thing, you might get it and be happy with it. And then, ah, oh, well, now it's just a thing. It won't make you happy. A new house, a new car, a new mate, anything will never make you happy. Only Jesus Christ brings fulfillment. So the world itself leaves us in a place we have no hope. No hope. All right? But in Jesus Christ, of course, there is hope. Uh, verses 13 and 14 says this in Ephesians 2. Christ, now in Jesus Christ... We were made close because of the blood of Jesus. And notice it says, he is our peace. So he's brought together, be it the Jew, the Gentile, and so forth, made one. He's broken down the separation, the wall of separation. And now we are part of the body of Christ. Now, my peace is only going to come from Jesus. It doesn't come, it's certainly not going to come but from the world in that way. It's not going to come from your bank account. It's not going to come from anything else. It's only going to come from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And notice what they said. He is, this is capital E, he is our peace. Jesus is our peace. He's the one that, that when I look at Jesus, it's like, got the peace of God. When the COVID virus started, all the things come out, we just barrage with YouTubes from ministers. From ministers! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hey, you're, we just had the most wonderful peace, and we saw the people like frazzled away, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus. 
just the peace of God. In fact, in fact, it was a year ago when I think it was Easter Sunday, and even the governor said, no, we don't want anybody going to Minnehaha County or so forth, uh, older people and so on and so on like that, because there's cases and stuff, and we finished the service, and Jeannie said, what do you want to do? And I said, let's go to Sioux Falls. <laughs> the interstate was empty. Mm, no cars, no trucks. Mm, drove into Sioux Falls, and the kids said, oh, you're here. And he said, hallelujah. We had a hallelujah time. Peace of God. You can walk in the peace of God. You have to understand this. When we read the Bible, it gives us these amazing examples of people persecuted or extreme things. You'd borderline torture, and they, and they walked in the peace of God. They walked in the peace of God. That's amazing. I look at those things and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to grow. I want to live in that place where nothing that I see phases me. Not a doctor report. Not going to phase me. And I've had bad doctor's reports. It's like, oh, it's a doctor report. It says you got cancer. Okay, that's a report. I'm going to believe a different report. Amen. It's all a question of where you want to put your trust. Amen? Amen? And, and let's, let's get real. Ultimately, folks, we're all going to die. That's not bad news. <laughs> that's not bad news. That's reality. The reality is we're all leaving this life at some time. We want to live to be old. We want to have old age. That's great. But at some point, we're all, if Jesus doesn't come back first, we're leaving. What should that what should do, cause you to do a number of things? One, reach people for Jesus, your family for Jesus, all that. Two, you should be prepared Amen. to meet the Lord. Three, well, it might not hurt to have a little insurance, pay for the funeral. This is planning. I plan to live this life, but I'm also planning to leave it. Paul said, I, I desire to leave, but I know it's important that I stay. Right now, I've got to stay. I've got to preach the gospel. I've got to do things. That's how it is. But we live in this world that is a fallen world. Romans 5.1 says that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now, notice... In the Bible, we have peace with God. In the world, is looking for peace with man. Two different things. Right? So the world is all horizontal. We've got to have everybody peaceful. And that's why, that's why if someone doesn't agree with the world, the cancel culture, we need to get rid of them. We don't like them. We need to silence them. Because why? That's, that's not harmonious with peace with the world. We all agree the same thing. We're all in this rainbow culture. All dies. When Jesus said, or the Bible says, he, we came to have peace with God. Because you can have all the peace with man that you want, but if you don't know Jesus, not good. Not good. So only with peace with God is what's going to really cut it, right? So with peace with God... We're not talking about peace with men. Now, the reality is, if you really love Jesus Christ, you're going to love people, right? You're going to love everybody. And you're going to get along with people. And you're, there's going to be this a level, a level of a harmonious life because of that relationship with Jesus first. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says the God of this world. So we have natural laws to control the darkness. Okay, there's the God of this world, which is the devil, blinds the minds of them which believe not. 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ should shine to them. So the God of this world is the devil. Jesus spoke about that a lot. All right? He always distinguished that there was spiritual warfare going on. Most churches don't ever even mention the devil anymore. And I've often said you'll never win in a contest unless you know who your opponent is. Every game that I watch, the basketball games, they all wear a different color jersey. Imagine that. Or now we have spring football. They wear a different color jersey. Why is that? So they know who their opponent is. But Christians are just ambling around like he's got everything under control. Everything that happens is God. I don't know why he's doing it, but everything that happens is God. And they have no idea. They're just getting whacked left and right by the devil. Have no idea. It's all God. Well, they'll never win. You'll never win. Even that's, that's some of the people with all the vaccine absurdity. That's everything's of God, so somehow all this is swirling around. Never, they're just, just like they don't have a brain. Got to think. Never win unless you know who your opponent is. The devil's blinded people's minds. Well, that's, that's true. So we have natural laws to control people. To control the darkness, let's put it that way, right? To try to bring a man-made peace. John 12, verse 31. Jesus talked about the prince of this world. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Who is he referring to? He's referring to the devil. Who's the prince of this world? The devil, right? Jesus is the prince of peace. So he's talking about judging this world. Jesus came and he defeated the enemy. Hallelujah. And he rose from the grave. Hallelujah. So the prince of this world, John 14, verse 30, these are just New Testament things, says, I'm not going to talk with you much because the prince of the world comes as nothing in me. The prince of this world. There was spiritual warfare. There was a lot of adversity going on. John 16, verse 11. Jesus said, there's judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Folks, let me just say, the devil's afraid. Don't, don't give the devil a whole bunch of credit and act afraid. The devil's afraid. When, he said, when Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, what does that mean? The devil's trying to hold back the church. Most of the people get that all wrong. The gates of hell won't prevail against us, you know. It's like the devil's fighting with gates. Wrong! <laughs> Never seen anybody swinging a gate in battle before, you know. He's trying to keep out the church. It means the church is prevailing. The church is pushing back the darkness. Reinhard Bonnke wrote a book, Plundering Hell to Populate Heaven. So the church is moving forward. This is our finest hour. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2, 2 says that in time past you walked according to this world. All of us did. We walked according to this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. The spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Who is this? This is the devil. We used to follow a different master. Now we got saved. Hallelujah. Prince of the power of this world. Notice this world. This world is decaying. <laughs> Not getting any better. All right. Ephesians 6, verse, verse 12, then says the rulers of darkness of this world. That's, that's the warfare. Notice it. The rulers of the darkness of this world. The battle isn't against people, against flesh and blood. Spiritual forces, right? Rulers of the darkness of this world. It gives us a perspective then. 
Like I said last week, if you see any picture at all on TV or anything, just know that Jesus died for that person. He loves that person. He cares about that person. People, people, Christians get upset and so they're in politics and so forth and they're angry and this. How can they not see this? Because they're lost. Jesus died for people. They're listening to another voice, a different voice. Spiritual darkness of this world. But your battle's not against that person. If you met someone that you disliked or whatever, how would you treat them? How would you, how, what would you say? How would you treat them? Someone that maybe acted or voted or did things entirely different than you, how would you treat them? Would you treat them like the devil? Or would you treat them with the love of Jesus? We have to ask ourselves these things, right? You know, we have to ask ourselves, how would we respond to these situations? 1 John 4, verse 3 says, the Antichrist, talks about the Antichrist, those spirits. Antichrist means it's just against Jesus. It's against Christianity. Every spirit that confesses not Jesus Christ come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist. It is against Christianity. You've heard that it should come. Even now, it's already in the world. When did that start? It started in the Garden of Eden, at Adam's sin. And so this Antichrist spirit was released against anything that was godly. All right? Amen? Now he says, you're of God, little children. Now notice, because of Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ, he says, you've overcome them. Who's the them? The Antichrist spirit. In other words, you should not be ruled by the voices that are an Antichrist spirit. You should not be ruled by the voices of fear. You should overcome them. Amen? Because why? Because of Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, lives in us. So therefore, I'm, I'm in the world, but I don't have to be sucked into all the mentality of the world. You are of God. You've overcome them because greater is he, the prince of peace, that's in you than he that's in the world. So the devil, all the stuff going on in the world, all the bad, all the darkness, yes, that's happening. But in you can be peace because of the one that lives in you. Even the Old Testament says a thousand may fall at your side, you know, 10,000 you left. It's like, wow, that's pretty close. But it didn't touch you. There's a place to live in that peace. There's a place to walk, the secret place of the Most High in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen? Now, let's look at the next verses. These are important. When it says, uh, they, when it says they are of the world, these are the Antichrist spirits. Okay? This is the world. They speak of the world. Now, listen. You should underline this in your Bible. Okay? This helps you to understand why people act the way they act. Okay? Why they do what they do. The Antichrist spirits are in the world, and the world hears them. So the world is listening, because you can sometimes think, can't they see that truth? Can't, don't they, can't they understand that? You know, something that seems real plain to you, but to other people is not plain at all, because they're blind. And so they're listening to Antichrist spirits, they can't see, and they're just following this Antichrist spirit. Now folks, this is in every country on the planet. I'm not talking about the United States here. This is just the world. This is the world itself. 
The United States has been very, very fortunate to have the peace that it's had for so long. But most of the world already is in such perilous times. And the church is in perilous times. The church in many, many places has gone underground, secret. But here in the United States, it's like, this is why, this is why you don't go overseas and you talk, don't talk about a pre-tribulation rapture. Pre-tribulation rapture, we're going to get out of all this. Don't fly, folks. They're already in that. They're already in that. So they have friends that have died. They know churches that have been burned. Okay, so, so that mentality, teaching, you know, doesn't fly in the rest of the world. They don't teach it. They don't believe it. They don't, they don't talk about that. Talk about a relationship with Jesus. That's the key. Will, there be, will we be caught away someday? Absolutely. But it's very American. It's, it's totally American to say, pre-tribulation rapture, we're going to get out of here before anything happens. Totally American. Only in America is that taught. Only in the United States. No other place in the planet. Because it doesn't work. People aren't going to get away from stuff. They're thinking, well, if that's the case, then it must have happened already and we're in the tribulation because all this hell is going on around us. Understand what I'm saying? We have to look at the gospel. As a, the Bible is a world book. It's got to, we've got to work around the world, right? It's got to work around the world. You can't, you can't compartmentalize, and most American pastors do that. It's all about us. It's all about America. And they don't even think about it. Anybody else who might be listening, like, are you kidding me? Who is this guy? They speak of the world. The world hears them. Now, notice what it says. We're of God. What are we doing? We're in a different frequency. Right? As a Christian, we're in a different frequency. We are of God. We, he that knows God hears us. He that's not of God hears not us. So someone else can listen to me. Someone else could turn into this YouTube and think, that guy is a nut. They're on a different frequency. But Christians, if you listen to the word of God or you listen to someone preaching the word and it's just like, wow, that's really good. Bears witness. Why do, you, why do you receive it? Because you're in the same frequency. You're in the frequency of the Holy Ghost. The other is an anti-Christ frequency, which is against Christianity. And hereby we'll know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if we follow these things through, then we can know truth and live in this life. Say, thank you, Jesus, and walk in the Spirit. Amen? Amen? And not be buffeted unnecessarily by the world. But you can sleep good at night. Let's go on quickly. 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2 just says we pray for all that are in authority. That is true. So you should pray. In our country, it would be the president, say. But in other countries, it would be the prime minister or it could be the dictator. Just, just remember, folks. Just remember, folks. We, again, we act like, we act like somehow Jesus is the king of the United States. Jesus is the king of the body of Christ. He's the king of his kingdom. Okay. He's not the king of the United States. This would offend some people. There's a people today that this, this could offend people. I'm sorry. 
let's not make this, this let's not make the Bible a political book. Amen. The kingdom of God has a king, and his name is Jesus Christ. Every kingdom has a king. All right? Jesus is our king. He didn't come to establish a kingdom here, he said. So in no place on this planet is Jesus establishing a kingdom. Can we be clear about that from the Bible? So, he says, we make prayers, supplications, intercessions, giving thanks for all, notice for all people, for kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Now, what, what is the ultimate thing of prayer? When I pray, when I pray for people, what am I praying for? I'm praying they get saved, right? I'm praying whoever is our president, that president is saved. I'm praying for Congress people, they get, they're saved. I'm praying for governors, that they would be saved. Thinking, of course, that if they're saved, they're going to do good things. It's going, what is the purpose? To buy us some time that we may live a quiet Quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. It buys us time to do the gospel. It's not buying me time. So, oh boy, I'm going to retire. I want to relax. I just want to do my thing. No, no, I'm not buying you time for that. It's buying us time so that we can continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why. Because in the end, this life will be gone. Then it won't be quiet. <laughs> Probably won't be peaceable in the world. But we'll have peace in our hearts. Amen. Yeah, amen. This is acceptable to God. Notice it says we exhort and it says, uh, uh, thanks from for all that are in authority. We look quiet. This is acceptable to God. Romans 12, verse 17. There'll come a time then as we walk we don't repay evil for evil. Just live an honest life in the sight of all people. If possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all people. As much as lies within you. So in other words, this is how we want to set up our lives to live. We're not, we're not paying back evil. We're, we're trying to reach a person who might be very evil, but reach them for the kingdom of God. Reach them so they get saved. Now, this has actually happened. There are terrorists in the Middle East who've gotten saved. Amazing. That have once were horrendous people. And in many places around the world and so forth, where people have done, done terrible crimes, warlords and so forth, where people have gotten saved and their lives are transformed. They're war criminals. And yet they got saved. Isn't that wonderful? That's why we keep praying for That's the ultimate thing. Because we can think, boy, they deserve judgment. They deserve death and so forth. It's like, and don't we all? We like to think of ourselves as so high and mighty. Somehow my life, I've got things in order and so forth. And the truth is, folks, we're always going to need a Savior. I need Jesus. When I, when I pass out of this life and I come before the Lord, it'll just be, Lord, by your grace, I'm entering in. <laughs> Thank you for your grace and mercy. It's not going to be anything of us. It's all of him. All the tribute, all the glory goes to Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? It all goes to him. So we're trying to reach people who might be terrible people in the natural, but we're trying to help them, all right? So if possible, as much as lies within you, live peaceably 
with everybody. John 14, 27. So Jesus says, a peace I'm going to leave with you. This is personal peace. Peace in your life. Peace in your mind. Peace in your heart. He's not talking about anything else other than that. Peace I'm going to leave with you. In other words, you can have this and hold on to us. My peace, I'm going to give you my peace. And he draws a line here. He says, not as the world gives. So the world's peace is all built on man-made harmony, man-made things, and so forth. And Jesus' peace is all based on a relationship. And he says, I'm going to give you my peace so that no matter what you face, you can stand. You can make it. You can overcome the Antichrist spirits because of my peace in you. He says, I'm going to give, not as the world gives, I'm going to give it to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In other words, let's look at this. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Now, any of us can get a text, get something on our phone, get a YouTube, something, email, or anything like that. You, can, you, can, you, can, you might see it. Don't allow your heart, though, to be troubled. That is my responsibility. What am I going to do with this? What am I going to, how am I going to process this information that looks bad? <laughs> you know, looks crazy, whatever. How am, I, how am I going to process this? You have to process it in a biblical manner so that you stay in peace. So I'm going to say, oh, okay, that's what that says. But no, Lord, I'm going to go back to your word. Thank you for your word. <laughs> Not burying my head in the sand. I'm fully aware of what's going on in the world. But I'm going to live in his peace. This is my responsibility and yours personally. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't push back against fear. Say push back. Push back against fear. Anything that's fearful, tormenting, and so forth. And, and I just have to say, we're not, we're not living into next year or this summer or 10 years from now. You have to live your life today. None of us knows what's going to happen down the road. And so again, it just gets back to simplicity of the scripture, taking one day at a time, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, live each day for the Lord, right? Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. And if I don't know what tomorrow brings, why would I fill my mind with all kinds of things that keeps me up at night? You know, <laughs> worry, fears. Let me just say, many Christians get bombarded by fears. Maybe you're watching and you get bombarded by fears and worries. They can take all kinds of shapes and so forth right into our everyday lives. Some people never, never get in a plane because of fear. Some, I've known a prominent person, one of the wealthiest people's, people that I know, won't get on a plane because of fear, because that thing might go down. He said, he said, how can you go overseas? And I said, I don't even think about that. I don't even think about that. I don't even think about the what ifs. Some people, people, people are fearful. You know, the thing about fear is, if it, if it gets in the door, it's, like, it's not satisfied. The devil's never satisfied. So it's like, I'll take that room too. I'm going to take over that part of your life. I'm going to take over this part of your life too. And pretty soon fear grows in people's lives. So we have to evict it. 
we have to say, no more. I'm going to walk in the peace of God. So we face it with Scripture. We face it with the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we face it and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to think right. I'm not going to think that way. The Word of God is true. When we confess the Word of God. We stand on the Word of God. And we begin to evict things. And as we do, we get freer and freer and freer. Freedom is wonderful. Freedom is wonderful. Because all of a sudden now you're free to do whatever God wants you to do. You know what I mean? We've, we've been in some amazing places, amazing situations that in the natural wouldn't always look peaceful. <laughs> wouldn't always be like, that's probably not the place that white couple should go, but uh, I guess they are. And, uh, and yet... We've never lived with fear. We've lived with the peace of God. You have to take that. In fact, right now, put your hands in your head and just say, Jesus, thank you for your peace. Thank you for peace of mind. Thank you for peace in my body. Thank you for peace in my spirit, man. I receive your peace. (laughs) I push out anything fearful. I push out all the negative thoughts. And I thank you, Jesus, for your peace, your supernatural peace, and blessing me right now with this. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 16, let me just give you another scripture verse. John 16, Jesus says, I've, I've spoken these things. So Jesus prepared his disciples, and some of the things that he said was troubling to them because he said, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to be gone and so forth, and you guys are going to take over. But they didn't understand it, but he says, he says, I told you in advance, I want you to have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. This is the world. So the fact that tribulation, or let's just say trouble comes, doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God and, oh, something bad's happened. No, no, it just means you're living in the world. I always feel bad when Christians pipe up and say, well, that might, that might, God might be judging you because you did something bad, and so now this bad thing happened. And I say, oh, don't say that. That's Old Testament. You know, we live in this New Testament. We live in a fallen world, and so therefore, there's all kinds of things. You know what I mean? There's flat tires. I don't like flat tires, but there's flat tires. We live in a fallen world. Tires wear out, you know? I mean, my truck a month or so ago had two flat tires on it. What did I do? Oh, call the guy up and come fill them up. Haul them in and fix them. You know what I mean? It's not like, what the devil? What's the devil doing in Wisconsin? I said, no, I just... Okay, two flat tires. I saw it on Sunday. I said, oh, I'll call him this week. And I said, hey, can you come over? Oh, no problem, Dave. We'll come over. We'll come over there. Thanks. Fill them up. Brought them in. Fix the tires. You know, people don't spiritualize everything. The devil's in everything. Oh, boy. That's a bad way to live. I knew someone one time. They'd look at doors and see the devil's in the woodwork. That, look at that design. That looks like the devil. They actually, they actually talk somebody in taking a door off their house and go burning it. What are you doing? What, what is this here? It's like a witch hunt. Don't live that way. Live in the peace of God. See, people even get concerned. Well, you go to some of these countries and they, they cast spells and there's witches and they cast spells. You're putting more power in that than in the blood of Jesus. 
Someone, someone can throw. I'm going to cast a spell at him. Go ahead. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The blood of Jesus. In fact, in fact, people can throw out a curse, but because of the blood of Jesus, it's like Teflon goes back to them. Look, it's in Proverbs. You can look at it. You see, live in peace. Because otherwise, what's happened? Again, people are like this. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. Covered with the blood of Jesus. They're walking around covered with the blood of Jesus. They're, they're always afraid. The devil's doing something. I know the devil's doing Covered with the blood of Jesus. Oh, yeah, I am. I don't have to say it 15 times a minute. I am. You are. He's given you peace. So we just begin to live in this peace. It's not like the world gives us, but you'll have it. But be of good cheer. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Well, if I live in you and I'm the Prince of Peace, you're going to be okay. Isn't that right? You're going to be okay. Philippians 4, 7. Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God will keep your, passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I don't have to understand it. <clears throat> I don't have to understand all the spiritual warfare. It's like, it's like some people major so much in the darkness. Listen, if you want to be good, if you're a good FBI agent, and you're good FBI agents in currency and so forth, they study the real bill so well that they immediately recognize anything that's counterfeit. But they know the real bill so well. Oh, no, that's counterfeit. doesn't have the line. Oh, doesn't have the watermark. Oh, doesn't have this. Because they've studied the real so the peace of God, I don't have to understand that all the spiritual warfare. You know what I mean? Hello? <laughs> there are angels with us right now. Amen. The angel, when we drive our car, I do know the angel of the Lord encamps around about us. I do know we can walk in his shadow and his presence. I do know that. And so I don't have to understand everything, though. I just have to have the peace of God. It'll touch my mind. All right? It'll touch my heart. It just soaks us in. Let's do that again a second. Let's, let's lift one hand and put another hand on top of our head a second. You can do this at home, too. But just say, thank you, Jesus, for your peace. Thank you for your presence. Lord, you're the Prince of Peace in my life. So I soak in your peace. I put my trust in you. I look to you, Jesus. Not going to look at the world, but I fix my eyes on you. And I thank you today for wrapping your arms around me and giving me your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can you say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Now, you can be an evangelist. Hit share on that. Share, share the video with somebody else, and, and they can pick it up as, as well. You know, Jeannie wrote a book, Goodbye Panic, Hello Peace, and, and those books are available. It's like, it's like hey, hello, peace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive what God has given to me. Amen. Those are good things. Amen. Now, listen, it's going to be a great night tonight, a great week ahead. Hallelujah. We can stand up, bless your neighbor in Jesus' name, and we will see you soon. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.